St. Ignatius of Loyola was born in Spain in 1491. He came from a noble family, not rich, but they were certainly comfortable. Ignatius lived a secure life. He had dreams of victories in battle being rewarded by marriage to a princess. While a cannonball shattered those dreams, just as it shattered his leg in the Battle of Pamplona, this led St. Ignatius on a spiritual journey, ending in his embracing a life of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and the founding of the Society of Jesus in 1540. At the time of his death, 16 years later, there were over a thousand Jesuits working in various works and missions all over the world. The way of life that St. Ignatius embraced was a way to achieve greater freedom and indifference in the face of the temptations of the world. He wanted those who followed his spirituality to be able to place Christ at the center of their lives. Money, possessions, positions, reputation. In his eyes, these were neither good nor evil, but simply a means to an end. And that end being the greater glory of God through our wholehearted service. In the gospel, we encounter a man who seems to have become possessed by possessions. Now, before you get nervous, let me reassure you that Jesus does not object to your mansions and BMWs. The issue here is not ownership of possessions, but ownership by possessions. Wealth is a hard taskmaster. The person who desires wealth is tempted to make his acquisition top priority. The person who has wealth is tempted to devote his or her life to guarding and growing it. We're all tempted to believe that we can find true security in wealth. Faith in our wealth crowds out our faith in God. And so, it's not money that's the problem. It is the love of money. The father following the old Israelite practice of family ownership, has left his farm as a unit to his two sons. But Jesus' questioner is asserting his right to have the property divided. He wants what belongs to him. The implication is that the man's relationship with his brother has been ruptured by the desire for independent possession of his property. While the man addresses Jesus as teacher, he does not request instruction. Instead, he tells Jesus what he wants, and he asks or, or commands Jesus to do his bidding. He wants to take advantage of Jesus' moral authority. He wants to use Jesus' authority to gain power over his brother in the dispute over their inheritance. And Jesus says, take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. 
Jesus, who sees the heart, sees greed in this man's heart. He addresses his reply not just to the man, but to them, to the crowd. He takes the opportunity to teach about the danger of greed. The man who brought the grievance has focused his eyes on possessions, and as a result, he sees nothing else. Jesus calls him to pull back so that all of life can come into view. An exercise that puts possessions into a better perspective. Possessions are still in the picture, but they look smaller when seen against the backdrop of the rest of life. Jesus turns the discussion from this man's inheritance to what he actually needs which is a defense against greed and the opportunity to become rich towards God. Jesus' cryptic answer warns the readers in two ways. First, that the desire for material things will prove insatiable. Secondly, the dreams of an abundant life will never be achieved through an accumulation of surpluses. These are the points that Jesus makes in various ways throughout the Gospels. And today, he expresses it quite clearly in the parable that we hear. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. The man was rich prior to this harvest, and the harvest simply increases his wealth. Jesus portrays a a windfall harvest, a harvest far more than the rich man's investment in planting and tilling, a harvest that is truly a gift of God. And as we shall see, the abundant harvest raises the question of stewardship. What responsibility do we incur when we acquire more than we need? Also, he thought to himself. The man talked with nobody but himself. The speech is quite a sad one. This wealthy, self-confident man has arrived. He's made it. He needs an, an audience for his arrival speech. But who actually is there? Who's available? Family? Friends? Servants and their families, village elders, family landowners. The typical Middle Easterner always has a community around him. But this man is alone. He can only address himself. The first hint of a problem lies on the man's use of the first person pronoun. In his very short conversation with himself, he uses the word I six times and the word my five times. He gives no thought of a, giving a bonus to his hired hands or a service project for his community. He offers no word of thanksgiving to God for this tremendous harvest. Everything is I and my.
Jesus presents the man's self-absorption with crystal clarity. He says to himself, this rich man, take a break, eat, drink, be merry. This man has more than enough to meet his needs, even more than he needs to live in luxury. His future could not be more secure. And now, all he has to do is enjoy his wealth. That's his plan. However, his life didn't turn out quite as he had planned it. Jesus poses the question, And the things you've prepared, whose will they be? The person who loves possessions and guards them jealously, maintains tight controls, erects barriers to prevent other people from gaining access. However, when she or he dies, all of these plans are for naught. Jesus indicates that the problem was not the man's wealth, but his selfish hoarding. Many of us are tempted to hoard money and possessions and to make them our security. The problem is not wealth, but selfishness, a turning inwards, a dependence on self that separates us from God and neighbor. What does it mean, what does it look like to be rich towards God? Firstly, this must surely mean that we are thankful to God for our blessings. Secondly, it must mean a stewardship that returns God's portion to God. Thirdly, it must mean a generosity towards the neighbor whom Jesus has charged us to love. The example of St. Ignatius can help us grow in this richness towards God. He teaches us ways of living, thinking, and being in the world that orient our lives towards Christ and can help us grow in the love and the freedom of the children of God. Today we give God thanks for St. Ignatius, for the Society of Jesus and the whole Ignatian family throughout the world on this day of glorious celebration.